Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the NFL Draft Triple Take presented by UPMC. Uh, you can uh, find uh, these incredibly valuable draft aids on Steelers.com, the Steelers mobile app, and the Steelers official YouTube page. Uh, you can also hear the NFL Draft Triple Take podcast uh, on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, subscribe to the Triple Take podcast whenever you download your favorite on-demand audio content. I'm Mike Pursuta, joined as always by Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson. We're here to talk about wide receivers today. And guys, I think if we talked about all the intriguing wide receivers, we'd be here about a week and a half. Dale, last year loaded with wide receivers. This year loaded with wide receivers. Should we already go out on a limb and look ahead to next year's NFL draft triple take and say the class is going to be loaded with wide receivers? Yeah, I mean, last year, if you look at it, the first two rounds of the draft, there were 13 wide receivers taken. Um, you know, Chase, <laughs> it's it just it just everybody's chasing that star wide receiver, and you don't have to chase very far uh, in, in recent years because every draft seems to be more and more loaded with wide receivers. Wouldn't surprise me to see 13 uh, taken again this year in the first two rounds of this draft. It's that deep of a, of a position. Matt, do you have much of a recall last year? And do you think this year's at least as good, if not better? I would say at least as good. Uh, I mean, these past couple of years have been remarkable. I mean, you get guys like DK Metcalf at the end of the second round. I mean, he looks like nobody else on the planet and he falls to the end of the second round. Chase Claypool's a perfect example. There's star power year after year at this position and it's incredibly deep and there's all shapes and sizes if you're looking for a slot if you're looking for somebody that looks like mike evans if you're looking for something in between you can get it and man i mean you look at the top receivers around the league right now they're not all super high picks either the Devonte adams and michael thomas and guys like that that have been highly productive you know justin jefferson is a late first so it's a wealth of, a, of talent at that spot right now in the league and coming into the league. The way we'd like to roll here on the uh, NFL draft uh, triple take is we count them down from uh, number five to number one. And at the end, uh, we'll all give you a sleeper pick of ours at the position. You know, it's probably a guy you've heard of if you're a draft, Nick, but we're, we're looking in the sleeper category for someone who's a little off the radar or a little under the radar little off the beaten path, but a guy that still caught our attention. But Matt, let's stick with you to uh, start it off. Uh, you're uh, looking at a, uh, you're expecting big things from a small package with your number five wide receiver. Right. It's hard to narrow down. I mean, there's probably 10 guys, maybe even more that could qualify for this conversation. My number five guy is a little off the beaten path because he hasn't done a ton the last two years is Rondell Moore from Purdue. But as a, as a true freshman, he put up over 2,200 all-purpose yards. He's small, but he's very strong, bounces off tacklers, very explosive, not a real diverse route tree. A lot of quick hitters get the ball in his hands, those type of things. But I think he's a big-time playmaker. Yeah, I've got a different guy there. I've got Kadarius Toney out of Florida, uh, 5'11", 199 pounds. So he's kind of built like a lot of the running backs. Uh, that you see coming out of college now and he kind of plays like a running back in fact he was a former uh, college or high school quarterback and uh, they, they used him at wide receiver and running back his, his freshman year then moved him to to, uh, to to wide receiver on a full-time basis i expect him to run sub 4 440 uh and you know i i keep looking at him maybe a little bit 
bigger version of a Tyreek Hill. And, and I think teams are looking for those kind of weapons that they can use in a lot of different ways. As, as to, to your point about, about Rondell Moore, guys that you can just get the, the, the ball in their hands quickly and let them make a play. Yeah, I've got a guy yeah, that fits that category as well as my number five, uh, Dwayne Eskridge of Western Michigan. Not the biggest guy in the world at 5'8", 184, but man, does he do it all. Blew up the senior bowl, and that's always uh, the challenge for the guys coming out of the MAC, right? You got to go against better competition and light it up. He did that. Uh, they do that all the time against the Big Ten. I'm sorry? They do that all the time against the Big Ten. The MAC guys. Yeah, some <laughs> yeah. of them do. Uh, this is uh, an under the radar guy, but uh, a riser, an off season riser, a senior bowl riser. Uh, home run ability, uh, great hands. And, uh, oh, by the way, some pretty good receivers have come out of the back over the years. Uh, that uh, sometimes works. Number four, I'm stepping up in class and still staying kind of off the beaten path. But uh, Nico Collins of Michigan is my number four. And I'm going oh. truly with the uh, size package here. 6'3", 220. Didn't play last year, so there's that. I don't, I don't know how much teams are going to factor in the guys who opted out and not having the fresh tape. But to my knowledge, he did not get any shorter than 6'3". He did not get any smaller than 220 pounds. And Dale, you were referencing uh, Chase Claypool a moment ago. This guy's got some Chase Claypool-like uh, tendencies to his game. But what really got my attention, ESP analyst Todd McShay uh, noted that Collins had developed an ability to adjust to, quote, poorly thrown balls from quarterbacks who have not been great. Imagine that. Somebody ripping Michigan quarterbacks and it's not me. This guy can catch those throws. He can catch anything. Dale, what do you got at number four? First of all, Mike, do you look at it as a positive that he opted out of playing his final season at Michigan? Yes, I, I consider that to, to be uh, <laughs> showing a lot of character on his part, not to be associated with what went on in Ann Arbor. Yeah, full, full points to him. I, I have uh, Terrace Marshall uh, out of LSU as my number four. Uh, again, I think the top three are pretty set no matter what order you have. And then after that, there's like 10 to 12 guys that you could put in any order. And I don't think anybody would blink an eye. Uh, but Marshall's 6'4", he's 200 pounds. So he's got that prototypical size that you're looking for. Uh, you know, he was the number three receiver at LSU in 2019 behind Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. <laughs> so, uh, but he kind of blew up this year, uh, 48 catches for 731 yards and 10 touchdowns uh, playing in the, in the SEC where you see a lot of good talent. I think he's got all the tools that you look for uh, to be a true number one receiver, or at least a very good number two, depending on where he goes. Yeah, my number four is Rashad Bateman, who has some similarities to Marshall, size-wise, go up and get it. Um, really produced at an early age, which is a great indicator for receivers, too. Stepped right in and made a big impact in, in Minnesota. Isn't the fastest, isn't the quickest, but I am interested to see how he tests. Big catching radius, go up and get it type. Sort of an Allen Robinson style to how he plays. Uh, I'm a big Bateman fan. You know, that's that's two Big Ten guys for Matt. I've got a Big Ten guy and an MAC guy. Dale's sticking with the SEC. I think he's uh, he's going for that low-hanging fruit, which sometimes tastes just as good as this stuff you got to kill yourself to get. Matt, let's uh, stick with you and uh, roll through our uh, number three wide receivers. Yeah, this might shock some people because he had a ridiculously good season at Alabama. He's the Heisman Award winner. I have Devontae Smith third on the list. And needless to say, I have his his teammate Jalen Waddle ahead of him. And I think if you watch the early tape this year, 
Bama treated Waddle as the one and Smith as the two when they were both healthy. I have a hard time knocking Smith. Don't get me wrong. I'm not down on him. I just worry a little bit about his frame. I mean, 170 pounds and and skinny. I mean, he's not a compact guy. There aren't many guys in the last 10, 15 years with those dimensions that have been true number ones. I mean, you hear Marvin Harrison and Isaac Bruce comparisons. That's great, but there's not a lot of them. That's pretty good comparisons, though. I mean, if you not bad, pick right? Two guys, yeah, to be compared to those are two good ones. Uh, I've got Waddle three and, and Smith two. Um, again, I, I think we're splitting hairs here with those two guys because they're both going to probably go in the top 15 picks. Uh, so, I mean, again, the, the, the system that they played in, the conference that they played in, they were tested on, on, a, on a weekly basis. They were tested on a daily basis at practice. Um, and they both put up ridiculous numbers. I mean, uh, Waddle, Waddle scored 17 touchdowns on 109 receptions uh, in his career, which is just nuts. Uh, and then you look at Smith at, at number two for me and, and, and 117 catches for over 1,800 yards with 23 touchdowns this year. I don't care if you're playing, you know, against high school kids. That's just ridiculous uh, for a college player. Um, he was just uncoverable. They both go and get the ball. They both can run. I expect them to both run. You know, Waddle, I, I think, is it probably goes sub 4-4, I would guess. And, and Smith probably isn't far off. I mean, it just depends on what you're looking for from that wide receiver. If you're, if you're taking, uh, you know, Waddle or Devontae Smith, I think, again, you're splitting hairs between what exactly – which one fits your offense the best. Yeah, I think you guys summed it up pretty well. I, actually, Matt, I've got Devonta Smith at number three, too, so I'm not shocked. Uh, I think the splitting hairs analogy applies. Although I, I do have to point out, you're going to talk about nicknames. I don't know what they call Waddle, but Devontae Smith is known as the Slim Reaper, and it's going to be hard <laughs> to top that. Uh, he's taking that uh, relative lack of size and running with it as he takes the ball and runs with it. Uh, I've got him at number three, and Waddle is my number two. Dale, uh, you said that you had uh, Waddle at number three, and Smith at number two, and Matt – You've got uh, Smith at number three and Waddle at number two. So we're all kind of on the same page there. Uh, Matt, uh, take us home with your number one, please. Yeah, I'm super impressed with Jamar Chase. I mean, two years ago, he opted out this past year, obviously. He was 19 years old, dominating a really difficult group of defensive backs, outperforming Justin Jefferson, who went on to have the best rookie season of anyone in the history of the NFL. He is physical, he's tenacious, um, kills press coverage. There's a very, very small list of negatives, if anything. I mean, I think he's a superstar. Yeah, I agree, Matt. You know, you just mentioned, I just mentioned Devontae Smith's numbers. Uh, you know, Jamar Chase had 84 catches last year for uh, almost 1,800 yards and 20 touchdowns. And he was sharing with, you know, with, with Justin Jefferson and Terrace Marshall. Uh, you know, and they had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in that offense as well. Um, he was the true number one on that team, on that national championship team. Jefferson was, was more of the slot number two guy. Uh, Chase is a stud. Uh, he's big, uh, six foot, 208 pounds. I mean, so if you think about, you know, the difference between him and Devontae Smith, um, you know, 38-pound difference between the two, and they're the same height. I mean, that's just nuts. He's, he's, he's running back size in terms of the, the, the height weight, uh, but, man, he can run. He goes and gets it. He's physical. Uh, he's got everything that you're looking for in a number one receiver. You know, I made it unanimous with uh, Jamar Chase. And, uh, it's interesting. 
I was thinking a lot about the uh, Jefferson comparison as well. Uh, you know, we had Waddle and Smith uh, a moment ago, just basically playing in the same offense. These guys, not this past season, but the 19 season, uh, Jefferson and Chase in the same offense, same team, and Chase was better. Matt, is that uh, something that gets scouts' attention, or is that just for uh, people doing these kind of draft uh, reports to focus in on? Oh, it's huge. I mean, you're really – I mean, you think about that Bama group. I mean, we throw in Judy and Ruggs that were first-round first picks – and, you know, Waddle and Smith are still able to produce even being younger than those guys at a high level. I mean, you're not comparing apples, apples and oranges. You're comparing apples and apples. Right, right, right. I mean, they're fighting with each other every day at, at practice. Um, and I mentioned it, too, with Bateman, and it's really true with some of these other guys, too. When you go to a big school, especially a big school, and produce at a very early age, it's an awesome indicator of future success at the NFL level. And Chase is the best example you'll find. Let's let's uh, talk about our sleepers before we wrap it up. Dale, who's your uh, under-the-radar guy who may not be under the radar all that much longer? Yeah, I'm uh, actually leaving the SEC for this pick. I'm actually leaving uh, Division One football for this one. I'm going to South Dakota State's Cade Johnson. Uh, very much like your, your uh, number five pick number five, the kid out of Western Michigan, Eskridge, uh, but 5'10", 184 pounds, a former no-star recruit. His only offers came from South Dakota and South Dakota State, uh, but man, his last two seasons at South Dakota State, 139 catches, uh, two, over 2,500 yards, 25 touchdowns uh, against Minnesota. He had six catches for 90 yards and two touchdowns, along with a, a, a rushing attempt for 25 yards. So if you're questioning if he can do it against bigger schools, uh, he can do that. He, he can do everything. Uh, I think this guy's going to be a steal for somebody in, I don't know, third, fourth round. I have the same guy. So that kind of really? takes some of the, we probably should have prepared this <laughs> a little bit better. So I just, as Dale was talking there, and I'm a big fan of his, to be honest with you. I and mean, there's a lot of good slot receivers in this league or in this draft. So I just scrolled down a list and is going to pick somebody else out of the air on the fly. He's not from a, he's from a huge school, but Amari Rogers from Clemson is another slot. That's really physical, well over 200 pounds, tore up the senior bowl. And, and I don't know if it's because Clemson's had so many awesome receivers before him, or if this class is just too loaded, but I don't see him being mocked up particularly high or talked about as a top 10 type receiver. I think he's a really impressive guy. And for Steeler fans, that's T. Martin's kid. Ah, yeah. yeah. That's a good choice. Um, I went with Demetric Felton of UCLA, uh, continuing a, a trend dating all the way back to last year. You guys remember uh, Antonio Gibson coming out of Memphis. Uh, was he a running back? Was he a receiver? Well, what he is in the NFL is basically a running back who can catch passes, but a dual threat kind of guy. And Felton at 5'9", a buck 94. He played running back at UCLA last year, but he's going to be a receiver in the NFL. One of those guys you can line up in the backfield, one of those guys you can get the ball to in space. Uh, according to the reports out of the Senior Bowl, he practiced wide receiver every day at UCLA, even though he was also he was playing running back. He would work at both positions. He looked really smooth down there. And just one of those guys that everybody's looking for now, the, the kind of wild card chess piece in your offense. Where Where is he going to line up? What can they do with them? Uh, I think those are useful tools to have. So uh, Felton's my guy. I, I'm still trying to get over the shock of Dale getting out of the SEC. Uh, <laughs> we'll see if that trend continues when we do. Hey, Mike, uh, if you draft the guys, if you're if, when in doubt, 
go to the SEC for talent. I, I didn't say you were wrong. I'm just pointing it out. That there's, a, there's a lot at the SEC store. Uh, hey, can you pick up some milk and a loaf of bread? And give me a second round tight end. Okay, thanks. Uh, that's going to do it for our uh, tight end report. I want to remind everyone that uh, the NFL Draft Triple Take is presented by UPMC. You can catch all these videos on Steelers.com, the Steelers mobile app, and the Steelers official YouTube page. Uh, you can also hear the... Uh, triple take podcast on Steelers nation radio, and you can subscribe to the triple take podcast, wherever you download your favorite on demand audio content. We'll be back soon with yet another position review in advance of the draft for Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Persuda. You've been listening to the NFL draft triple take presented by UPMC.